What is going on, everybody out there? Welcome to the IGN All-Star Community Podcast. This is IGN's number one community podcast on the internet. I'm your host, the epic Jake James Lugo. With me, I got my compatriots, Mr. Peter Lopez and Mr. David Quigley. Guys, what's happening? Hey, what is going on, my friend? Not much. I'm chilling. <laughs> David, what's going on with you, dude? Are you doing all right? You I'm doing, doing all right, good. Dave? Yeah. It's uh, early morning today, so I'm ready to go. Nice, nice. And then with us today, we got a very special guest. My man, Mike Martin. Mike, what is going on? Hi. Hi. How's, <laughs> how's, how's it going? <laughs> very chill. What's going on? How come you're epic and everyone else isn't? You're epic. Come on. Now <laughs> we're like the teenage mutant ninja turtles of the community podcast. Internet. This is what happens when you bring me on. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you for having me. You're always a friend of the show. So today, gentlemen, we got some topics to get down into. But before we get into those, I want to ask Mike something really important. It's actually a really yes. important question. I think our listeners need to know. Okay, are you ready for this, Mike? Yes. We might break the internet with this question. Are you sure that you're ready? Uh, the internet is always ready to be cracked in half. So, how hyped are you right now for Street Fighter Five? Are you asking because of uh, last night's Mad Cats V Cup tournament? No, I'm or asking, just, asking in general. Just in general, like how hyped? I'm fairly hyped because um, well, because <laughs> last last night was Mad Cats uh, V Cup uh, sort of like exhibition tournament, and. After getting a chance to, I mean, I've seen a lot of the game. So, uh, after getting a chance to actually watch people play in a more competitive setting, yeah, um, I think it's going to be amazing. I think all of the complaints that people have about the game right now uh, will, I, I think, will all of that will change when the game is out in the wild. So, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly excited for the game to come out. And to see what like the pro players and, and the people that want to compete, uh, and even the people like new people that are new and old people that are getting into the game. One of the things that was exciting to me last night in last night's tournament was watching two players I kind of expected to be in the grand finals. Yeah, and one of them is a an old school like OG player, and he is working super hard to get back into competition after being away for most of street fighter four and i guess street fighter three actually over 10 years i think wow that's a so, long time yeah uh incredibly uh, hyped for that and i'm actually really excited for tekken 7 so uh this is gonna be a cool year for fighting games oh yeah there's tons of good fighters coming out for everybody out there so anyway let's get into the topics at hand guys because we got a lot of important stuff to kind of discuss let's start off with mine since i, I kind of went last last week so i'm gonna go first this week uh some rumors even though we don't like discussing rumors and stuff but there's some big stuff that's dropping about nintendo nx nintendo's next uh console platform that's going to be a big deal hopefully they're going to talk about it at e3 this year at least what they're saying but gentlemen the rumors been coming out about the specs of this system so I don't know if you did. You guys get a chance to look at these actual specs or see this rumor or hear about it lately at all? Yeah, I got to gloss over it. Uh, I was initially angry, but then I had to, you know, think about it for a little bit, and I'm actually okay with what was representative. And they are just. I mean, obviously, Nintendo has yet to confirm the the specs, but I'm just going to keep it as just a rumor and, you know, let it marinate a little, little bit. I guess. So. I guess so. Yeah, true, David. You got any opinion on this? Yeah, I can't wait to play Zelda on PS4. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired. 
Oh, <laughs> but but but, but it, either way though, like, did you get a chance to look at any of the specs, or do you Absolutely, have really? Any, yeah, no? yeah. No? Um, I mean, the thing that jumps out to me, of course, is the 900p, and not to get too into the nitty gritty. But for me, I'd rather have a clearer picture than 60 frames per second. Um, you know, both would be better, but it seems kind of bizarre that we've had rumors for a while and people say industry-leading chips and it can't do full HD according to this mm. leaked sheet, um, which is something not a lot, but there are PS3 games that can run in native 1080, so... True, I don't True. know, but it did say 900 at 60, so maybe it can also do 1080 at 30, um... I don't know. It just seems weird that they would push that, but also have 4K streaming, which nobody really has the internet to do anyway. So that's certainly not important at launch, uh, maybe a couple years down the line, but seems bizarre to me. I would lean towards hoping this is not accurate information. Now, another thing I want to bring up, and I want to shift this over to Mike, too, because I want to ask you about this, you know, about mm -hmm. achievements. Now, that the, the whole yeah. thing, this whole thing about achievements, and I think people have been kind of like, you know, asking for this from Nintendo for a while, like an achievement system, whether it's like trophies, kind of like PlayStation does, or achievements like how Xbox does. Some sort of like, you know, uh, kind of like reward system from Nintendo and such. Now... This, to me, from where I was reading it and looking at, like, the survey that kind of leaked out, I guess you could say, you know, that was being pulled, passed around and such. To me, I thought they were talking about the Miiverse. Because in the Miiverse, the way that they actually worded it in that leak was, like, you could actually share your quote-unquote achievements with other gamers. Like, I guess, taking screenshots, writing Miiverse posts and all that. It doesn't seem like they would actually bring out a new reward system. Even though this is, like, what's something people have wanted for a while. But, Mike, what do you think about all these leaks about NX? Um, I actually haven't really seen much of the new, I guess, information. Um, so give us the rundown. You know, I, here I'll give you the rundown. Here I got yeah. this in front of me. All right, this is the entire what's supposedly came from an actual survey by GFK. It's a company that does other a bunch of different surveys for various companies, and it happens to be a client of Nintendo. Now, from what was listening the questions for the survey, they have listed for they mentioned Nintendo NX specifically, which is the first thing. Okay, they don't call it any other name, and I still believe that NX is just a code name for the console. But they go on to say. That, number one, it's going to support achievements, which, again, according to the original posting on it, sounds like it's just going to be about, like, Miiverse post or whatnot, but supporting achievements is one thing. 4K, 60 frames per second video streaming from the net. I'm guessing, like, you could watch it on your gamepad, watch it on your TV or whatnot. 900p, 60 frames per second gameplay with video games. Okay. They also mentioned a couple specific uh, IPs from Nintendo, including Mario, Donkey Kong, and I believe it was Metroid was the last one. I, they don't have a list here on the list I'm looking at now. But uh, gameplay which flows between the NX and NX handheld device, which means that this could possibly be like what people have been saying for a while, a cross-hybrid you know, between a console and a portable device, you know, kind of like a 3DS or whatnot, but also cross with like something like a Wii U or whatever. But and again, they finished off by saying that the box itself would include a console, a sensor bar, a controller and an HDMI cable. No other details besides that. But that's the full rundown of all of what people are kind of like grasping at for this information about NX. But anyway, what, what do you think, Mike? Well, I guess since you specifically mentioned achievements, uh, I think that Anything that I think it's almost an expectation now for gamers to kind of have like a, I guess almost like a progression or carrot on a stick kind of uh, 
reward system. Um, obviously, it works out well for Xbox and, and PlayStation, as you can see, so many people that get uh, rather <laughs> involved in, in chasing achievements and trophies. It's actually something I used to do, but stopped a while ago and for some reason kind of got a little obsessed with the game recently uh, to finish it out. But at any rate, as far as the, kind of the other things, the yeah, the 900p thing is, is kind of weird. And I think that really only matters to the, I don't want to say casual gamer, but to the gamer who isn't maybe as uh, involved in the industry, so to speak. I think industry people don't care so much about those kind of numbers because at the end of the day, if a game looks good and, and runs well, then that's all that matters. If it's fun, that's all that matters. True, good point. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, Nintendo has almost always kind of been behind the curve when it comes to hardware. And so it will be kind of interesting to see what happens with this thing because I feel like they need to... If if they want this thing to, I guess, be, I don't know if successful is the right term, but I don't know, there's a lot of making up, a lot of ground for them to make up, um, not just in, in terms of like sales, but, you know, making, uh, either making customers happy or bringing like fans back in after feeling like, you know, the Wii and the Wii U kind of burn them. So true. I'm all for, you know, I'm all for them bringing out new stuff. I like seeing new stuff. I like seeing, you know, these publishers and, and, uh, hardware manufacturers kind of, you know, get pushed and, and be challenged. But at the same time, yeah, Nintendo's really kind of burned a lot of people uh, rec in recent years. So they have some work to do. Definitely, definitely. Now, I think a lot of this, and again, all the speculation from all of us and everybody out there on the internet, comes from the fact that Nintendo isn't talking about this thing yet. They've already said, and they kind of like, you know, quote unquote, blew their load a little bit early during their DNA presentation, saying that the console exists and that it's coming and that they were going to detail it at E3. It just so happens that also all these rumors are coming out that developers have dev kits of the actual console and it was all these this big uh like polar deal where people were saying like one thing about the specs and one thing or another the point is nintendo isn't saying anything about this yet so uh, pretty much our minds or a lot of people's minds just seem to be wandering around about what this console actually is even if it is a hybrid or just another home console a beast of a machine or a failure of a machine but pete i'm going to wrap it up with you you know any other final thoughts about nx since you're the, the other resident nintendo guy um I could, like, I, like I said, I was a little upset that it was only 90p, but to my understanding, Xbox One runs 960. 960, Okay. So, I mean, I can't, I can't be angry at that. And then I've been playing Nintendo games since the late 80s, and those games didn't look at all um, like they do now. So, <laughs> you know, gra graphics aren't really a big thing for me. What is a big thing for me is the freaking controller. Um I'm on board with just going back to an old school controller and sitting on my couch and playing Zelda or Mario or whatever. Like the Pro Controller? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the Pro Controller. I'm, I'm thinking more like, you know, SNES controller or even like the GameCube controller. Um, I, man, as I get older, I don't want to move a lot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I... I I'm tired of uh, motion controls and, you know, it, it, it's fun for a while, but then it just starts to become like monotonous, right? Like it just gets boring and repetitive and I don't 
want to move anymore. I just want to relax and I don't have a lot of time either to engage in, in gaming and I'm tired most of the time. So, and I know I'm really making myself sound like an old man, but, um, I just want to play video games on my couch and relax. Um, so the fact that it didn't say gamepad on this, um, supposed, you know, survey list thing, um, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I'm going to get my Mario and my Donkey Kong, my Zelda, and hopefully my Metroid anyways with this new platform. So uh, I'm happy either way. I, I, I just want it to come out this year. I don't know if it's going to, but uh, either way, I, I'm pretty excited. As for the, um, you know, the, uh, the, what was it called? Like a, something you could take to go. It's not a oh, gamepad. Yeah, the mobile thing. Um, I'm curious if that's going to be an add-on. Um, you know, like let's say NX is three hundred dollars, but the add-on is an extra hundred. Um, there's a rumor about I'm, that. There's a there's a I mean, rumor about that. I'm pretty interested in that. Uh, if that's the case, I don't think I'm going to opt into purchasing that additional accessory or peripheral right off the bat. I'd probably wait. I mean, I have a Nintendo 3DS, and that's my to-go system, uh, anyways. So, what's, yeah, what's I mean, I'm, point, I'm, right? I'm I mean, pretty, if it's an extra thing, does well, that kill it? Like separating the connect, like nobody's going to be building functionality for the remote pad if it's not included with everything. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm interested, but I guess I can understand if people want to take their NX games on the go, on the go, but uh, they're probably yeah, not going to look as great. Hundred dollars to do that. Sure. I mean, it yeah. rumor, seems like it's an yeah. expensive proposition. Yeah. The rumor right now, some people are throwing around numbers. Again, we don't know because, again, Nintendo's not talking about it. It hasn't said anything concrete right now. The rumor is is that the total price for both this, whatever this mobile add-on or d- attachment to the NX and the console version of the t- uh, attachment is, is going to total up to about $600. they are saying that it's $200, like, kind of like a 3DS for the mobile part, and about $400 for the console home part. But again, this is all speculation. This is all just numbers and mathematics being thrown all over the place. We don't know. And until possibly by E3 this year, hopefully, we'll get some clarification on all of it. Now I want to shoot things over. I want to switch gears. I want to shoot it over to my man, David Quigley. David, you got a topic for us this week. What's up? Yeah. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I bought Rainbow Six Siege, and I've been playing it basically, we'll say borderline obsessively since then. Uh, basically, pretty much nothing else. So I want to get your guys' thoughts. Um, this, I think, is like the perfect shooter for me, and it's mostly the big change is it's slower tactical you got to think uh you cannot go call of duty running around 30 and 0 just all over the map you got to work together five on five um so uh, if there's any other games you guys like that are similar to this um but basically games where you have to play with other people and you have to work together or you really cannot succeed Hmm. That I mean, again, I find that specifically tends to be a little bit much more in the shooter realm of things. But I have seen like different games. Like again, since we have Mike here with us on the show, you know, some fighting games that have that tag team type of mode, like that two v two type of stuff, where there's a little bit of elements here and there of that. Specifically, like in Mortal Kombat, and I even find a little bit of that in the Smash community. You know, when you go and you play Smash Brothers online. But Mike, tell us a little bit about that. What do you think? I just spent probably the last. I don't know, two months or so, uh, off and on, obviously, depending on how busy I am, completing every single achievement in Titanfall. 
Um, now, to be fair, I pretty much, I mean, at this point, the, the, the community isn't huge in Titanfall anymore. So it's one of those things where in order to do a lot of what I wanted to do, I pretty much lone wolf it. <laughs> um, but there were point there were like one, one particular achievement. Um, I needed to get 10 wins in a row and you can't, for the most part, you can't do that by yourself. Um, there are a lot of games where I would carry my team. I'd have like 20 kills and the next person on my team would have maybe five. But uh, in order to get like 10 wins in a row, that's that's really hard to do without sort of like, you know, going online and finding sort of a crew to boost that achievement, um, which a lot of people do at different websites. Um, I got that legit. And so and I've been playing first person shooters for a long time. So uh, I haven't played Rainbow Six Siege um, in fact, I always find the commercial to be funny when that guy's like using the sledgehammer to break through the floor to, you know, through the roof of the uh, the, the room below. Because I'm like, well, wouldn't someone hear that? Like, why would they stay in that room if they if a guy was oh, trying to bust it? Uh, anyway, oh, yeah. that's like the whole like yeah, <laughs> big part of the game. Like, I don't is get the that <laughs> directional sound. Yeah, I mean, um, but I I do find its concept interesting, and and as far as the team based aspect goes, uh, you know, like I used to play Counter Strike back in the day. That's kind of another game that you know, if you want to win, you have to have a pretty good team. Uh, you know, if especially if you want to compete. I think when it comes to fighting games, there's not so much a teamwork aspect of of like. I don't know, a group or, or, you know, in, in, in the, I guess in the sense of like a two versus two, three versus three, or like five versus five tournament, uh, recently in Japan, they did a, a third strike street fighter three, third strike tournament. And it was a, it was teams five versus five, but you know, one player plays, he loses, he gets eliminated. It goes to the next player. Um, obviously there's some strategies your teams can talk about and, and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, I've always kind of liked the idea of of playing with a team. I've always kind of found myself to be, uh, you know, sadly, um, or maybe even much to like some players, um, uh, you know, anno- like they're annoyed. But I always do kind of tend to be more of the lone wolf guy. <laughs> yeah, that- so I, <laughs> uh, so I don't always play shooters uh, with friends anymore. I, t- I tend to just like jump on, get some games in and get out. You know, I just realized something and, and I think it, it's, it's obvious quote unquote obvious. Uh, Destiny is really the, the, the biggest one that I know that I could think of in recent yeah. memory that, that really requires a lot of team coordination and teamwork in some aspect, especially between not just in PvP, but specifically the raids because mm-hmm. I feel the raids, a lot of them, especially the more recent ones from the Taken King are really ones that really require all these different steps and really require people to be on point to help each other out to kind of inform people when stuff is going down and stuff like that. Like That's the game that I think, besides something like Rainbow Six or something besides something like uh, Counter Strike or something like uh, was it even Call of Duty with zombies now recently? You know that's the game that I feel has the most teamwork currently right now. Yeah, yeah I, I guess. play Final Fantasy fourteen a lot too. That, that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Rating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's what I was gonna say. Like that game is all about teamwork. When you go and do trials or you go do dungeons and such, mm-hmm. like you need yeah. a team that knows what they're doing. Uh, I play primarily uh, a tank, a uh, paladin, 
and mm-hmm. all of the attack is I'm, I'm taking all the heat and if I have a healer that doesn't know what they're doing I'm going to die <laughs> so um, there's a lot of frustration in that and uh, you know uh, even with uh, games like you guys mentioned before um, Counter-Strike, Rainbow Six I've uh, dipped my toes back into, um, into Counter-Strike Go uh, which actually you can play now on Xbox One via backwards compatibil- compatibility uh, game holds up great, and it's really taking me back to my old Counter-Strike days on PC. And that game, too, utilizes a lot of, um, or it needs to be team-oriented because you can lone wolf it, but you're going to get your head popped, like, really quick. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, team people that play together, it's it's really important in regards to um, competitive competitive play because if not you're just sitting ducks and it makes you look stupid (laughs) so yeah indeed indeed definitely teamwork is an important thing in those types of games i think that here's a funny one and here's a question for the entire board have you ever been in a a game okay whether it's destiny counter-strike titanfall call of duty whatever that you're doing your part right and everybody seems like they're doing their part everybody's working together and such and then there's that one guy that comes in and everything just completely falls apart yeah have you ever been well, in that? Like, i mean that's usually like a raid in an mmo or um you know like <laughs> like what david mentioned but uh if you're i mean if we're talking like from a shooter perspective i mean typically it's like i, I played a lot of games like especially call of duty early on like call of duty 4 um with a bunch of friends and and you know we maybe we go into a game with a group uh say like we're playing search and destroy and it's really about um uh, you know, holding like your your side of the map down, um, or, or even just any game mode where like we want to hold our side of the map down so that we can control the spawns and and et cetera. And then one random guy gets in the group or whatever gets in the game and he decides to run across the other side of the map and and it just screws everything up. Um, so there's always that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, like. I think MMOs are probably a better example. You just get someone in that has no clue what they're doing and doesn't care to, you know, I think learn more about the the raids or whatever. Whenever I play Final Fantasy XIV, uh, uh, whenever I went into like a new trial or or even I did a couple raids before I, I kind of stopped playing, but I would always have another browser up <clears throat> with um, the strategies because I didn't want to be the guy not knowing what to do uh, and ruin it, ruining it for an entire raid. Cause I played EverQuest for like seven years. I, man, I know what it's like to raid all day and have one guy screw it all up. It's totally the worst. Like when you get into a match and someone doesn't know what you're doing and mm-hmm. it, you get all the hate too, if you're that person. So yeah, you mm-hmm. kind of like have to know what effect. you're doing before you go into a match, because if not, everybody on your team is going to just bash the hell out of you with insults. <laughs> yeah. Don't be that guy. That's the, that's the moral of today's lesson of this topic. Don't be that guy. Let's switch gears again. Let's shoot it over to Mr. Peter Lopez. Pete, what's your topic you got for this week? Yeah, so I was just I was uh, I'm reviewing a game right now. I'm reviewing a Boyness Blob for uh, oh. my website, and um, I, okay, as go. much as I really <laughs> as much as I really like the video game, um, I, I hate it. And I'll go more in depth in my review, and I won't say much more, but. I just wanted to know what your guys' opinions were on reviews and how exactly do you do them? Um, 
you know, I, I, you know, you hear a lot that reviews are supposed to be objective, but you know, I talked with Jake James earlier this week and he says, you know, sometimes you have to be a little subjective as well. And I totally get that because you want to give the individual who's reading your piece an idea of how the video game made you feel in general, other than just being a fact sheet. Right. So, um, I wanted to know what your guys' thoughts were on reviews and, you know, like I said, how, how do you tackle a review? Um, can I just start by saying that no, there is ahead. absolutely no review that is objective? <laughs> it is impossible. It is impossible to write an objective review because you are writing something w- with your opinion based on whatever it is you're writing about. Exactly. So no matter, no matter what, it's, it's not objective. Now, obviously, there's degrees to that, right? I don't even know why. and I, I probably shouldn't say this in case any future editor happens to hear this. Uh, I don't feel like I'm great at reviews. I'm not a great, I don't feel like I'm a great critic. That's why I actually don't do many of them. Um, really? I'd like to. Yeah. I, I, I feel like reviews is, is like my, so I guess maybe I should explain for anyone who hasn't heard um, me on this show because I was on one. <laughs> uh, I freelance, uh, I'm a freelance writer for a lot of different websites. I write news previews and I've done features on IGN. I've done features all over the place, um, Playboy, Pixelkin, you name it. Actually, I, I realized the other day I've written for five different websites that start with the letter P. <laughs> that must be a thing. <laughs> I'm like, what is it about gaming outlets that, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the closest thing that I do to reviews is previews, but I feel like it's still approaching it um, from a, a different perspective because you're not sort of reviewing or previewing a final product. So you do have to take that into consideration. Um, I guess be somewhat objective about that, right? Uh, but when it comes to reviews, I have done some before, you know, for other websites or, or even kind of for like maybe my own blogs or websites that I've had in the past. I don't know. I, I just feel like being honest about how you feel about a game and sort of presenting that to a reader is, to me, the best approach because um, I just don't like the idea of holding back, you know, maybe to spare someone's feelings. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be a jerk about it, but I think I, I just don't like the idea of holding back uh, to spare feelings or to kind of. I don't know, gloss over or, you know, it's one thing to sort of find the good in a bad game, but I think to kind of almost be like uh, apologize for, you know, something that's not good in a game or bad, you know, level design or this or that or whatever. Yeah. uh, I just don't agree with that. I I just feel like you should just be as honest as you can, um, obviously within reason. And that, you know, like I said, there is absolutely no review that is objective. You are writing an opinion about something that automatically not that that makes it not objective. But again, I think there's degrees to that. And I think there are I think you can look at things objectively, but ultimately, you know, you're stating your opinion on something. And um, as long as you're, you know, as long as you stand by that and, and, and you're OK with that, then I guess your review should come out good but i don't know because i don't feel like i'm good at them (laughs) (laughs) so david before before i answer this i want to i want to get david's opinion on this because you you read reviews on the net you know you're like all of us we we follow reviews and such like that so what do you think about this i do i just started dabbling and writing them myself um done a couple of them so certainly not a large pool to go from but 
Yeah, I pretty much echo everything that was just said. Um, you know, you can go through and tell people what a game is about. You know, this happens, that happens, you know, and all of that is objective, but it's all done under the lens of whether you like the game or not because I could go in to something like, you know, I've talked about it before, like the Western RPGs is really not a genre for me, so... I could go review Fallout and tell you all the different things about it and the systems and describe everything, but I'm probably not going to like it. So even being objective about those things, you're, it's going to come through in my writing that I don't really like this and I'm that's not something I should be reviewing anyway because I'm predisposed to be disinterested in it. So um, you got to keep that in mind too, I guess. You, you don't want to... Uh, hate review something like you don't want to go seek out a game that you think you're probably not going to like and then just tear it to shreds um but you know you can only be objective to a point if you're going especially if you're going to score something because that cannot be objective and it shouldn't be because in the mm -hmm. end you're only one voice and mm -hmm. you know if somebody is going to read your review and make their decisions solely based on their review um i mean i guess that's great but that's probably not the best decision uh, you should, as a reader, you should probably be looking for people who you think share your kind of tastes and, you know, mm -hmm. take a look around and source as many reviews as you feel you need to before you make your decision. But just keep in mind that, yeah, it's impossible to be 100% objective. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, again, I, I agree with a lot of what was said, you know, a couple of different spots, you know, a couple of different things from all of you guys and such. One of the things that in the talk that me and P had earlier this week about reviews and such, and the thing that I was really trying to convey was that not only are you never really going to please everybody with your review and such, because, again, really your review is your opinion. It's the way that you feel about the game when you're going through the experience, because all games, when you play them, the experience that you get is your experience. It's unique to you. No two experiences, even though they might have similarities, are ever going to be the exact same. It's just that that's just the nature of the medium. That's just the nature of, of the pastime and the hobby and the way that we actually look at games as a critical medium, you know, and actually how we dissect them and stuff like that. I actually know a guy. You know, I've known him for years that swears to God, you know, he, he does videos on YouTube about uh, video games and does reviews on them. He swears that you should be 100 percent objective in how you actually critique a game and stuff. And I'm like, listen, son, I always try to explain to him. I always try to explain to him. Like, you know, you can't really be that way because, yes, granted, and, and like I was telling Pete, you do have to be objective to an extent where he's like, okay, if you see something in the game, you obviously could say that you saw that thing in the game. If a game has broken controls, if a game has, you know, a lot of bugs and glitches, obviously that's an objective fact. This game has be, this though. stuff. I mean, well, Broken yeah. Controls can be a matter of opinion too, because some sure. people go nuts if something one little thing doesn't work right. Um, but calling that broken can be a gross exaggeration. True. Good point. Like, well, let me put it this way then. You know, to kind of kind of like give a better example. Let's say like, okay, you know, there's there's a level in a game, okay, that has almost no textures, that has you know invisible walls in the most random spots. It's it's a buggy or glitchy. Uh, uh, level that's presented to you in the game, okay? Compared to, like, the rest of the game. Again, it doesn't have to be any one game. It could be whatever like that. Compared to the rest of the game that is a lot more polished, fine-tuned, and actually looks and plays good and whatever. But then there's this one gaping kind of, like, black hole that's just there, 
my point is, is that if it's there and you see it and it's part of the experience that you actually get to interact with or whatnot, that could be like an objective or a factual statement. It's like, okay, this is here. This is what was there during my experience. Now, obviously, everything else afterwards like that is more subjective because the, it, the, the review has to be subjective. It has to, you have to convey how you felt actually playing through the, through the entire experience or getting the full experience of a particular game that you're reviewing and such. What I think is the big problem, and I think I, I, think I even talked about this with you, Pete, very briefly, is that sometimes people, especially those that read a lot of reviews on the internet that don't come from that background of being critical, that don't come from that background of actually critiquing games or wanting to be part of like that whole dissection of what games are and like what makes a good and a bad game, really just want, want to kind of like, you know, you want to, some people just want to get some sort of validation about like if they're actually looking at the game a particularly right way or like they're trying to find like-minded people so bad that they end up not look, not really conveying genuinely what they felt during the course of playing that game. That's what, that's where I really feel like there gets like a really big gray area and things get muddied up all over the place but that's just me so any other final thoughts pete no i just i mean Give when i think tease. of reviews i want someone problem because it's a good one <laughs> <laughs> oh you're talking what you're talking about the review I'm yeah, right now? yeah okay <laughs> okay get strap um, in everybody <laughs> i mean the, the video game is a decent platformer but the the camera sucks when you're utilizing several of the blobs transfer transformations um as i mentioned in my review i literally get motion sickness to the point where i had to stop playing for an entire day um i had to take dramamine which is a anti-motion sickness um medication and uh uh, you should you should get um ginger pills Mm. Oh, I heard about that ginger pills. Somebody mentioned ginger uh, helps with like motion sickness, mm-hmm. and um, because and the reason I know this is because uh, I, I mean I've seen stuff about this, but obviously I Half Life and and any of the Source games Portal. actually make me sick. Yeah, all all the Source games make me sick, literally, mm-hmm. because they are developed. Even though they're first person, they're actually developed from a, a slightly different angle than most, uh, like the field of view, I guess, is at a slightly different angle than most first-person games. And so uh, it does actually make people sick. Like, you know, they get headaches or whatever. It's, um, and uh, so I, whenever I needed to play or wanted to play uh, any, like, Valve game, I would always have to take ginger pills before I knew I was going to play it. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about that. I just had the other stuff. Yeah, you can get that side. like at any, you know, Walgreens yeah. or whatever drugstore you have. Yeah, I mean it's it's a decent it's a de- <clears throat> excuse me it's a decent video game. It's just that really burned me. Uh, mm. I haven't. I, I I played VR at E3 and I, that didn't affect me at all. And so for this video game, that's essentially I want to say six seven years old to do that mm-hmm. to me. Like I, I was pretty. I was pretty upset. That's so. pretty surprising. Yeah. Yeah, it, it caught me by surprise. I remember when he told me that, I was like, really? Like, Yeah. Like, I can't do VR. VR makes me <laughs> barf. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you don't see me write stories about VR. <laughs> Mike's like, no. Just the VR. thought of it makes you, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I tried the uh, Oculus, and I think I guess it was maybe three years ago, two or three years ago at PAX Prime. And all they had running on it at the time, you can get a choice, was uh, I think it was, what's it called? iRacing or Real Racing? One of those. It's a racing game. And uh, 
Hawken, but Hawken was oh, just man. like this demo where literally it was just a small stage with not even uh, any enemies in it. There was like a sort of like a, a dummy robot that would shoot at you if you got in its field of vision. Um, so I'm kind of tooling around in it and I'm standing on this bridge or kind of like a, a, a ledge and I'm like, well, I wonder what happened if I just jumped off this, this thing. And, and it wasn't very far, but I jumped off and like immediately my, like my stomach went up into my throat and I don't know how long it was like a two or three minute dem- demo, but I don't know how much time, more time I had on it, but I pretty much just kind of sat there and pretended like I was doing stuff and trying not to throw up. <laughs> You must have been messed up after that demo, man. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but like, and I didn't throw up or anything. But yeah, like, I can't do VR. There's just no way, and mm-hmm. so that's why I don't write about VR. Yeah, I feel you. I, I could totally understand <laughs> it, and that's that's crazy. So, but thanks for the topic, Pete. We right now, guys, are going to take a small little break, okay? We got to go recoup from some such. Mike's got to recoup from the VR talk here. Pete's got to recoup from the motion sickness from a boy in his blood. David's probably going to go play some Rocket League. I'm probably going to go grab a coffee. We'll be back in just a second, guys. Hey, folks. Peter here from the IGN All-Star Community Podcast. Thanks for listening. Do you like what you hear? If so, leave us a review on iTunes and be sure to leave us as many stars as you'd like. Show feedback and comments are always welcome. And remember, if you'd like to be a part of the show, send your questions to allstarpod at hotmail.com. Or you can send us a tweet at allstarpod. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. And we're back. Welcome back, guys. Hopefully you guys had a nice, relaxing break so we can get right back into the podcast here. So we got some trivia time. So this week, it's Pete's turn to bring some trivia. He's going to bring some trivia to me, to Mike Marn, to David Quigley. So, Pete, what do you got for us this week? I'm bringing the hurt today because oh, last God. week I was completely th- completely thrown off guard with David's Earthbound trivia trivia questions. So, um, this week is going to be based on Pokemon. I wanted to do Pokemon because of all of the uh, Pokemon anniversary, uh, you know, hoopla, whatever that was going on. Uh, in recent news. So uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and start it off. So let me actually, I should probably send you guys a question. Uh, totally prepared right now. Thanks. Um, okay, right, here we so go. I'll send it over in a sec. <clears throat> okay, so the original Pokemon titles, Pokemon Red and Blue, Green in Japan, launched in 1996. However, they were remade for the Game Boy Advance as Pokemon Red, uh, excuse me, Fire Red and Leaf Green in what year? Is it 2004, A, uh, B, 2005, C, 2006, and D, 2007? And whoever wants to jump on that one first. Yeah, you can just jump in. Do so. Hmm. I'm going to say 2006. I, I don't know anything about Pokemon, so oh. <laughs> I, lo- I, I lose every question. <laughs> David? David? I'm going 2006 also. And that is a total 2000. Mm. Okay, so one more time, Jake James, your answer was what? 2006. 2006. Mike, your stab was... Let's say it's 2006. Okay. And, and David, you too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume you guys know now. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently no one knows what they're talking about because the correct answer is A, 2004. Ah, okay. So it's like, I, I, said that. I knew it was around 1998. So. <laughs> because I know around that same time, like shortly after that, another remake came out. And I think it was for Heart Gold and Soul Silver, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Well, that wasn't until 
that wasn't until later. That was like we're talking DS Light days. Really? Where they brought those back? Yeah, Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Yeah, those are remakes for the DS, not for the Game Boy. Man. No, oh that that I know. I mean, like within the time frame. I mean, I didn't realize it was such a big gap. Oh uh, no, those didn't come till like later, later on. Um, okay, so question number two: Which of the following Pokemon is number one hundred and fifty? Is it A. Mew, B. Dragonair, C. Mewtwo? Or D, Dragonite. Oh, I know this. I want to see what you guys are going to say. Yeah, Mewtwo. I'm going to go Mew. With Mewtwo. Mew. Okay. Mew was 151. Wait a second. It's Uh, Okay, I heard heard Jake James say... I heard Jake James say Mew. So we're going to stick with that. Wait, wait, hold on, back up. What uh, was the question yeah, again? And repeat the, the answer. Well, you already answered it, so I can't, you know, you're, it's, I'm not going to retract your answer. Ah. I'll read it again. Which of the following Pokemon is number 150? Is it A, Mew, B, Dragonair, C, Mewtwo, and D, Dragonite? No, that's Mewtwo. Okay, no. I, I, I misread the question. I misheard the I'm question. sorry, but you already answered it. Oh, buddy. that's some nonsense. <laughs> some nonsense out of here. Say Ryu. Is that, a, is that a choice? Ryu. That is the correct answer, Mike. It is Ryu. <laughs> ah, yes. Ryu enters the battle. <laughs> all right, all right. So, okay, Jake James, your answer was what? Mewtwo. Mewtwo. Okay. Mew three. What is it? Uh, what's your answer, Mike? Mew three. Mew. Okay. <laughs> 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 and then, and David, I'm never getting your, invited your back to this podcast. YouTube. <laughs> David, what's your answer? No, I know, YouTube. I know this one is actually in my wheelhouse, at least. This is an original okay. question. So, uh, Jake James and <laughs> David are correct. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> the answer is C, Mewtwo. Mew squared. The reason why <laughs> I misheard that, I thought you said which one of these Pokemon is not part of the original 150. That's what I thought you said before. Oh, man. No. Okay. Okay, so the final question is in Pokemon Red, Blue, and Green, which of the following badges are awarded to the player for de- for defeating the leader of Team Rocket named Giovanni? Ooh. Is it A, the Thunder Badge? <clears throat> is it B, the Soul Badge? C, the Marsh Badge? Or D, the Earth Badge? Oh man, uh, I, I know, I know this. Just, I don't know the name <laughs> of the badge. Yeah. I know it. You get it from the gym in Viridian City. I know that for a fact. That's the second gym you pass by that you don't go to that you come back to later. And it's a. I don't know the name of it. I don't. I know it's not the Earth badge because that's from Brock in Computer City. I know it's not the the Soul badge. That's from uh, Sabrina in uh what is it in the um, uh damn not Pete not Peter. Um, yeah, she, she's from Sabrina. It's, it's the one with the sidekick. Uh, what was the first and the third choice? Thunder and Marsh. Um, okay, so it's Thunder, B is Soul, C is Marsh, and D is Earth. Yeah, I'm going to go the Marsh badge, I think it is. That, I, I don't remember the name of it, but I would assume it's the Marsh badge. If, that, if that's not it, that's probably the the, the one from um, Erica City. All right. okay, well, so I don't know, but David. I will play for the win and say Thunder. Okay, Mike. But that's a guess. Fire. 
God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. (laughs) Okay, the answer is Earth Badge. Oh, really? Yeah, see, Jake James, the badge I think you were closer than you guys. Was the Peter City gym badge is the Boulder badge? Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Now. Okay, I, I don't see yeah. it. Tune in yes. next week for Street Fighter trivia, <laughs> oh, where I will come up with questions. <laughs> next time you come on, I want to see that. I want to see how brutal he could be. With <laughs> so the winners of today's uh, trivia time is. David and Jake James at a tie with one. That was that's a bad. That was kind of sad, guys. I thought you would have known a little bit about Pokemon. Who's that Pokemon? I know about Pokemon. I'm just saying. I got robbed. I'm just saying. But that was funny. Regardless, again, robbed here in this in this crazy trivia action and such. Regardless of Mike not knowing nothing about Pokemon, thinking everything is Street Fighter, and regardless about David not caring everything about Pokemon, Pete. It is about that time. It is about that time, buddy, but it's not really about that time. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not really about that time. It's always <laughs> about that time. It's, a po- it's supposed to be about that time for the IGN community spotlight, but why, why isn't it that time, Pete? So, uh, you know, IGN has yet to update their community spotlight. So in light of that development, I would like to highlight our guest, uh, Michael Martin, freelance oh. writer extraordinaire. Um, we're going like to go ahead and guy. give him. <laughs> all right. We're going to go ahead and give him a chance. He's kind of mid tier, but you know, Mike's all right. We're going to give him a chance to basically uh, promote whatever he wants to promote, what he's working on, and where you guys can catch him on the social interweb. Holy cow. So go ahead and take it away. Pressure on me. You are putting pressure <laughs> on me. Um, I write news on IGN, so you will always see different stories. Um, I write anything from gaming to entertainment to serial and um, <clears throat> Medea meets Halloween movies. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I saw that. I laughed. Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite. <clears throat> sorry. Excuse me. That was one of my favorite stories to uh, write. I think that was earlier in the week. Um <laughs> I uh, it was funny because our Australian editor uh, Lucy O'Brien, when she looked at the story, she saw my my lead and she was like, "I have no idea what any of this means." And I was like, "I take it Medea is not uh, popular down there in uh, Australia." And so that was pretty funny. Um, so I write, uh, yeah, I write stuff at IGN. I do have a preview coming. I can't really say when because uh, I don't know for sure. Um, and I, I write stuff every week for Red Bull Esports. Uh, last night, I just put up a story about Alex Valle, who is, uh, I guess, what we would call an, an OG in the uh, competitive scene, Street Fighter scene. Definitely a good read. Uh, yeah, there was actually a lot. We had like about an hour and a half conversation, and I would say probably half of the interview I kind of held out for uh, a, a follow-up story, I guess, later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, every week I write profiles on different personalities, Street Fighter personalities, players. Um, they're called casuals. So, And I do tournament recaps and whatnot there too. It's kind of a slow time because the Capcom Pro Tour hasn't started up yet. That's not until... I, and they haven't even actually announced official dates yet, but I guess March? Mm-hmm. Um 
What else? I do have a story that I'm told should go up at any point today <gasps> uh, on playboy.com slash gaming, and it, it is safe for work. <laughs> uh, Just want to make sure. Inter- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is this is real. Um, I did an interview with Yoshinori Ono at PSX, uh, PlayStation Experience, and so that story sh- I'm I was told was supposed to hit today. So, awesome. um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing that because I felt like that's actually one of the best interviews I've I've conducted uh, in the short time that I've been doing freelancing. So uh, it was a good talk. Uh, cons- all things considered, I only had, I guess, half an hour and I had um, a- to go through a translator. So that's always kind of challenging. Um, what else? I've got some stuff coming up on pixelkin.org. Um, and, but I, that's, uh, that's pretty much it, I think. I've got n- new stuff hopefully in the works and I'd like to do a lot of new stuff, um, you know, this year. So uh, we'll just kind of see. And you can follow me on Twitter at Bizarro underscore Mike. That's one Z, two R's. And you will always pretty much see me spamming all of the stuff that I'm working on. Awesome. Awesome. That was uh, really, really quick. Oh, no. Yes. Really quick, Mike. I want to ask yes. you, um, you. You know, you're talking about Alex Valle. Um, Super Arcade mm-hmm. is no more, right? Like there's no more Super Arcade. Like he just does Cor- his, his live streaming just by himself. Correct. Right? Well, so um, I'm... You know what? I'm impressed, Peter. I, oh, I, come on! Brownie points. I'm, I'm impressed. I, I'm totally into the. I'm into the fighting scene. I just keep. Wow. Yeah. You, if if we had if this was a a, a video show and 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 this was live, <laughs> and people people could you would see my smile from ear to oh. ear. I'm, wow. You flattered me. Um, <laughs> Super Arcade is currently no more. Uh, Mike Watson, who is another Street Fighter OG. Uh, he is, I believe, still in the process of finding a new location. He mm-hmm. was looking at one town. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but basically, their town council pooped the uh, pooped on the idea of him opening up an arcade because Which they sucks. didn't want like a criminal element at their in their town. <laughs> I'm just like the big ones, big time. It's like, is this the nineties? Like people are still legitimately worried about stuff like this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there is no super arcade, uh, like specific location. I think he's working on that. Uh, but, and, and Valle switched to doing online tournaments and, 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 Wednesday night fights, but he now has a location. Uh, it's called the eSports Arena. I don't know exactly where it's at. It's in Southern California, but it, I've seen pictures of it, and it's like a fantastic looking location. And so now that's where they do their Wednesday night fights, and we'll probably do other events as well. Yeah. So I yeah, if you're in that arcade. area, you should go check it out. Yeah. Well, because I think Super Arcade was over in I think it's Walnut Creek. California. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but and I, I was really into the you know Wednesday night fights and the throwback mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, I man, I, I kind of stopped watching it ever since. I, I think it was a KI fighter had a had a heart attack or someone had passed away at Super Arcade, and I thought what? that's why they closed it. Yeah, I think that's what happened. I could be wrong. No, I just thought they, that's what happened. 
Well, I think it closed because I I don't know for sure, but I, I have I think it's related to you know uh, not renewing a lease or or yeah. actually the 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 building owners not wanting to renew um, a lease or whatever. Uh, the the Wednesday night fights and and Alex Valle's Level Up production company um, they kind of separated because I think they had sort of a, um, a difference in, in opinion on some business stuff. So that's why they actually ended up separating super arcade closed after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I hope they, I, ho- I hope Watson figures it out. Um, and he gets a location. I really, I grew up and this is why I don't know anything about Pokemon because I was an adult when Pokemon came out, so I had no interest in it. <laughs> um, oh, fair, man. <laughs> totally fair. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I grew up in arcades, and you know, Valle described himself as an arcade rat, and that's pretty much what I was also. So, awesome. uh, you know, going to Japan and and seeing those arcades was really cool for me because I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it's been. I don't know, close to 20 years since I've been to an arcade that was packed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everyone was huddled around Street Fighter. So yeah. um, I'll always kind of have that, uh, I guess, in my heart. And it's it's cool to see uh, people running, you know, whatever evolution of arcades uh, they have now. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, now arcades have changed now, at least down here where I live. Arcades have tried, kind of changed into either gaming lounges or like a Boomer right. slash Dave and Buster's or whatnot. Real quickly, right, right. across the board, okay, favorite arcade memory, like super quick. For me, it was Pizza Maria's with Mar- X-Men versus Street Fighter or Marvel versus Capcom. Oh, man. Uh, for me, it was in high school. Um, every Saturday, my friends and I would go to – we have an arcade in town called Oh Well Nickel Arcade where all the arcades are literally a nickel. And um, we would play, uh, you know, NBC2 and uh, Marvel's Capcom 2 from like opening to close, you know, putting your quarters up like there was no better feeling, you know, like I got next and you put your or your nickel rather mm-hmm. put your nickel up like those were those were the days. And unfortunately, they're they're kind of gone now because like you said, Jake James, they're all pretty much Dave and Busters or lounges and stuff. So I'll miss those memories. Yeah, so there's a game called I think Cyclone, and it's just the light spins around a circle, and you have to stop it in between. <laughs> and I locked into just like getting the t- timing down pretty good, and I don't know if there's some sort of trick to it where it screws with it, but um, I would wander around and wait for other people to get that jackpot up, and then go take another couple quarters at it, and no problem, just keep cashing out those jackpots. So do you want me to to kind of spoil the 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 myth? It probably of, gets slow. I'm guessing it gets slower as the <laughs> thing goes up. But I'm no, so you're about to be disappointed, David. Yeah, whatever. I <laughs> no, actually, this. actually, that tactic that tactic is sound because um, I used to work at an arcade, and I remember when we got our cyclone, and we actually had to like on the weekends, especially turn up the uh, the difficulty. And I used to have like people complain to me, like they wanted me to give them the jackpot because when they would hit the button, they figured out the timing too. But when they would hit the button, it would stop on the jackpot light and, then and literally either jump forward or jump back. Oh, that's cruel. <laughs> because the, the difficulty was moved up. And then of course, when it, when the jackpot got high enough, um, that's when it would, you know, give out a, a winner or whatever. But yeah, 
Dirty tricks, um, but I won, so I don't care. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, you had a you had a sound sound tactic. Um, you you got to let everyone else build it up first, and then. <laughs> Pro tip, uh, pro gambling for tickets at arcades tip. Just the tips. Uh, <laughs> I don't, there are so many different, when I think about arcades back in the day, there are so many different things I could come up with. Um, I feel like the one that jumps out to me the most, though, is uh, I've always kind of, I mean, I've always felt I was pretty good at Street Fighter, but I was better at Tekken. So, I had a bunch of friends. We had our own little crew that we would go all up and down I five corridor um, in in the Seattle area, going to different arcades. Uh, you know, people knew us. People knew our, our group, and uh, my friends were better at Street Fighter than me. So whenever you know, I would, like if I lost, they would be you know the next ones up, and and they take whoever off the machine. But uh, whenever they lost, my friends lost on Tekken. I would they'd call me over. <laughs> Uh, and I'll never forget one time I was playing this guy who he just thought he was hot stuff. I mean, he just thought he was the best. He was the man. And I loved playing him because I knew that it made him mad when I beat him. And I wouldn't just beat him with anybody. I would pick his characters. So I'd always do mirror matches, basically, and I would pick his characters. And one time... I beat him and he got so mad. He like slammed his hand down on the machine, just hit it so hard and stormed off. But the funny part was he always had a friend with him. And this friend, I assume was the one who drove because, uh, the friend was just kind of standing there. He looked around like left and and there actually at that, at this point there wasn't, uh, the arcade wasn't busy. It was in a bowling alley. Um, it wasn't busy. It was just a few of us. And he kind of looked around and he like took off running after his friend. Assault <laughs> um, is real. But, <laughs> oh, it gets better though. Oh, I really? can tell you, I can tell you. So this was during, I feel like this was during tech in two days. So this would have been 95 ish, I think. Oh yes. Um, I don't remember ever seeing <coughs> the guy that got mad. I don't remember ever seeing him at an arcade ever again. And I always kind of joked with friends because um, I feel like he was, they were both Korean guys and I feel like, and I'm half Korean. So understanding the culture, I feel like uh, he was probably a little more well off. And around that time was when Korea decided that uh, if you're a, a citizen in Korea and you're a male, you, you serve two years in, in the military there. Wow. And it used to be they would get out of it by coming to America. And I always kind of joke that, you know, maybe uh, after he, he took his uh, loss at Tekken so hard that um, Korea came knocking on his door and, and brought him back so he could oh, serve that his is cold. <laughs> that is, Mike, I wow. to say way again, that is cold. Wow. <laughs> it's funny. It's hilarious. That is funny. But yeah. that is cold. <laughs> Ice cold right there. Beat him so bad in Tekken, he went back to the military. My That's God. right. He went back Jeez. He went back to the homeland, to the motherland. And uh, yeah, so I never saw him again. That is cold. That is so cold. <laughs> oh, my God. When Tekken 3 came out, um, I was still working at an arcade, so we got it in our arcade. And it used to be like you could get your name on the machine for the best time for every character. And there was 23 characters. And I had my name uh, on 17 of the 23 characters, and I had my fastest time was beating it 
in, I believe, under 12 seconds with Hihachi. That's hilarious. That's crazy. I mean, you can literally do that in Tekken. Look, because Heihachi was so OP in Tekken 2, right? Or Tekken 3. Um, I I mean, it was sort of exploiting the, the AI of the game. Um, I would I would go for a knockdown as fast as I could and then sidestep when they get up uh, and be just like within range that the computer would try to kick you and I would use their, uh, what do you call it? I, I can't remember what they called it, but like their super move that basically kills in one hit. Oh yeah, the charge up moves that they have? Yeah, yeah. so uh, with Hihachi, basically anybody that had, so like Hihachi, Paul, similar characters um, that had the uh, like the Phoenix Smash and then I could use that charge move after the computer tries to get up. Actually, it didn't even matter if they tried to kick you. If they, as long as they didn't, you know, avoid it, then yeah, I, I could beat the game in like twelve seconds or less. That's crazy. That's awesome, though. Still, yeah. Damn, really fun. But that being said, though, congrats, Mike. You're this week's community spotlight, which is awesome. Thanks. Because <laughs> we love you. You're always a friend of the I'm show. I'm on the front page all the time, so you know. <laughs> you're, always, you're always welcome here on the show. We always like having you over here and such. And IGN, come on, please. Please change up the community spotlight user in the community yeah. forums, well, blogs. I'm just saying. I don't want to. I don't want to dig too much into the reasons why that hasn't happened. But um, there's been uh, shifting in personnel, so that's probably why it hasn't happened. True. Yeah. True. I yeah. I like to blame it on the fact that everybody over there is playing too much Fallout Four for that IGN podcast. It could be. I think I think they're being consumed by Fallout 4 or watching Star Wars Episode 7 for like the ninth or tenth time. <laughs> that, at least that's how I like to think about it. But regardless, though, there you go, Mike. You're this week's community spotlight. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that little discussion and such. And if you guys would like to be part of the community spotlight as well, don't forget you guys could definitely hit up the IGN forums and the IGN blog. Start posting up blogs for yourselves. Become an IGN all-star as well, or become a part of the IGN forums and everything. And don't forget, guys, you could also interact with us here on the podcast by sending us an actual tweet at AllStarPod on Twitter, and also sending us an email, AllStarPod at Hotmail.com, to actually interact with us, get a question of yours answered, get make a comment. Don't forget to also rate us on iTunes. We're on iTunes now. We're trying to get all the podcasts up every single week on iTunes for you guys, for your listening pleasure. It'd be really appreciative and it'd be really helpful if you guys could actually review us on iTunes, leave us an actual rating on there. It'd be pretty awesome. But either way, though, any other final thoughts for this episode? Do we have any reader mail, Mr. We do not. No drug pushes this week. Mm. <laughs> <So>. What? <laughs> oh, Mike, you weren't here last week, but basically... We, put, we tweeted out to IGN, like, hey, listen, we're recording our new podcast. We're trying to be the number one IGN community podcast on the internet. They retweeted it. As soon as they retweeted it and such, we got this advertisement for some sort of drugs or uh, over-the-counter okay. uh, drugs or something that, that tweeted out back at us, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that's the... Uh... It's cool when IGN retweets you, but then you kind of get. <laughs> you kinda You're get, trying to tell every, us something. <laughs> everybody comes out of the woodwork, so uh, um, yeah. It was funny. funny. It was it was definitely 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 funny though. But regardless though, it was still awesome for you guys listening to the podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Any other final thoughts from across the board? Let's start with you, Pete. Um, final thoughts? No, I just want to thank Mike for joining on the. Uh, joining the show and he is always welcome to join um other than that you guys can hit us up on twitter you can hit me up on twitter give me a follow uh, at pete underscore lopez and lopez has a zero in it <clears throat> cool cool david final thoughts for this week's episode 
Uh, nope, good having a guest here. Uh, fun show. I'm at David Quigley on Twitter if you are so inclined. Uh, that's it for me. And finally, my man Mike Martin. Mike, what's going on? Final thoughts for the listeners out there? Uh, go to IGN. It keeps my lights on and theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 no, it's, it's thanks for having me on. Uh, it's cool. I love getting a chance to talk about anything, but especially fighting games. And yeah, looking forward to Street Fighter V. So make sure you pick that up so we can have more bodies to uh, beat down uh, when it comes out. The scrubs are coming out hot. They're coming yep. out hot. So yep. we, we appreciate you, Mike, as always. You're always welcome. You know, always a friend of the show or whatnot. But again, guys, thank you for listening. You could always follow me at VenomousFatman1 on Twitter. And again, to reiterate, if you want to send us an actual question, send us some viewer mail or listener mail, I should say. It's not really viewer mail, but listener mail. Send us an actual tweet at AllStarPod on Twitter and also at AllStarPod at Hotmail.com to our email so you guys can send us questions, leave comments. Again, rate us on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. So that's going to end this episode of the IGN All-Star Community Podcast, the number one IGN community podcast on the internet. We will talk to you guys again very, very soon. Peace out. Stay epic, everybody. Peace.